Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first official installment of the CP English 12 podcast. Uh, I'm here with my co-host today, uh, Justin Hawkins. Say hello. Howdy. How are we all doing? Nice. And uh, Jesse Bollinger. What's going on? Oh, I'm to introduce. I'm Zach Burris, if you didn't know. And uh, yeah, we're here. We're here on this. What are you laughing at? Classic Zachy B. So we're here on this, this lovely... Lovely evening. Evening. Welcome. I forgot what day it was. <laughs> Wednesday <laughs> evening. This Wednesday. lovely Wednesday evening here to discuss summer reading. Summer awesome. reading. Awesome. As you as you boys know, Catcher in the Rye. It's 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 a bit of a classic. That was the, oh, that a, was the mandatory book. Very good. Book. Mandatory I, I book. Loved it. But we had many other options. Me and Justin, we chose the same book. We chose Paper Towns. Paper Towns is... and Jesse chose The Turn of the Screw. The Turn, Turn of the, of the screw. screw. So I thought I thought we would get started here by um, allowing Jesse, since he had the odd one out, to um, kind of give us a brief synopsis of the plot, okay. and then we can dive into once we get the other ones done. Okay. So my name is Jesse Bollinger, as you heard. My book is Turn of the Screw. So basically, to sum it up. Um, this foster parent takes in these kids named Flora and Miles. Now, in the beginning, when she gets these kids, she hears these footsteps and crying um, in her house. And this is just when the kids like came in to her to her house to live with her. And she thought this was very strange, but she decided to ignore it. Later on, the book says, talks about Miles, which is the young boy who's being bad at school for some reason, and he's never usually bad. And so he gets expelled from the school. And this is creating a lot of problems for Miss Gross, who is the foster mother. And later on, continuing later on, uh, the governess takes a walk around the grounds, so which is like around the house area. And while she's there, she notices this strange man but before that, she's fantasizing unrealistic, unrealistically about meeting her master. And then after that, she sees the man, just a man staring at her on the roof of one of the houses that she's walking by. This man doesn't do anything. He just looks at her, and he turns away with st- still looking at her, which I find very odd. Like creepy? Yes, like creepy. Unsettling? Unsettling, yes. Because if you were to look at a guy turning away and he's still staring at you with his back to you, but his head is still looking at you, I'd find that very odd. Yeah. yeah that'd be pretty weird. I wouldn't want yes. that. <laughs> no, thank you. I wouldn't want that either. Okay. Um, so continuing on in the story, um, they decide to go to church for a day. And once you get there, once they get there, the woman, Miss Gross, she sees the man outside of a church, and he's continuing just staring at her. Now, she decides to run out and try to catch this man, and he's gone. Once she gets out there, he's gone. And so this creates a lot of, again, confusion, mystery, upon what this person is. Um, so later we find out one of the kids says, this is the ghost of Peter Quint looking for the children. And um, we also later find out that there's another ghost called Miss Jessel. J-E-S-S-E-L, Jessel. So, 
And continuing on in the story, they end up... The woman, at night, goes out out of her room because she thinks she hears something. And all of a sudden, she sees the man in her house on the footsteps. What? What? Yes, what? Say what? 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 And he just disappears. As she looks at him, he just faints away. So, toward the end, um, they're at a lake, and they're trying to find Miles. Now, they end up finding Flora at this lake, and she's scared, asking Miss Gross what's going on. And she ends up pointing over to the other side of the wet lake to where they see Miss Jessel just standing there. And I find this kind of odd that she's just standing out near the lake in the middle of the day. So, very, very odd in my, in my view. Now, at the end of the story, they end up seeing um, Peter Quint back at the house. And what I find very strange about this is Miles, the young boy, he dies. He just dies out of nowhere. Just he spontaneously? Just yes. He just kind of bl- he, fa- he falls into Mr. Gross's arms That's after strange. he says, That's Peter Quint. And he just dies. Interesting. Yes. I wonder what that means. I wonder what like the symbolism was with that. I don't know. It's just a mystery. Nobody knows. It did not he, just, he just it. <laughs> you can interpret it however you want. I just think it's strange that a character, a main character, main. just up and die for like like that. At yeah. the end of the, At week, the end of the book, he finally made it to the end, and and it says Miles' heart stops, and that's how it ends. Yep, that's strange. That's very interesting. That's that's strange because I know our topic question is what how fantasy how fantasy transcends reality. Transforms, I believe transforms, transforms reality. I just think it's strange because just from hearing that description. And then, obviously, I'm going to give a, a brief summary of Paper Towns. Neither of the books sound like fantasy stories. Yeah, as, and with Catcher in the Rye neither as well. Does, neither is Catcher in the Rye. Neither is Catcher in the Rye. It sounds so I think it's strange. Real. But yes, very nevertheless, that, that, was, that was good. That was good. Yeah. How does so tra- now let me fantasy hear transform about reality? Paper Towns, so, is it? Yes, Paper Towns. Um, that was the book that me and Justin both read. Yeah, but Zach's going to um, get this. Yeah, I'll give, a, I'll give a brief summary on this, and then Justin will close us off with Catcher in the Rye, and then we'll bring it all together. But um, with Paper Towns, it starts with like a pro. Is prologue the right word? Is that the before? A uh, prequel? Prequel. Yeah, well, prequel is like before, no, like a movie sense. Prologue. Pro- yeah, prologue. I was prologue. Prologue's books, yeah. It starts with a prologue I'm where, big brain. where um, the main character's name's Quentin, and his best friend from childhood, her name's Margot. They find a dead body by a tree. Oh. Oh, I remember that part. And they, um... Beginning of the book. Ben, Ben, I'm not Ben, Quint, that Ben's a different character. Quentin, um, he, he finds it odd, obviously, because he was nine years old at the time. That'd be pretty scarring. Yeah, it would be. But, uh, Margot kind of, like, you find throughout the book she's kind of weird, but, um... She's Yeah, so they find this dead body, and it kind of impacts them both in very different ways throughout the book. Um, to get into the actual story, it starts with Margot coming to Ben's window late at night and they go on this long tirade just punishing people that Margot felt like she that had wronged her in the past like Jace uh, what's his last name Jace Worthington Worthington yes yeah, Jace Worthington. Worthington and Becca Arrington Arrington because Jace was cheating on 
on Margot, I'm pretty sure. That's why they got back at her. But yeah. back, back at him. But either way, they go on this long crusade, basically, against all these people, which, <laughs> ends, which ends with SeaWorld in Orlando. And um, Quentin obviously thinks this is the greatest night ever. This is... This is ridiculous. He's with this girl who he's always liked. Oh, yeah, especially at the pool. But she tells him, stop. <laughs> She's with him. <laughs> he, he, says, he says that he wish he would love to do this every night, and she says that's not possible. Next morning, she's gone. Nobody knows where she is. She's what? gone. What? She's no longer. In the picture. Just they like go to school, and everyone's confused why she's not there. First day, no, no. There was confusion, but not as much. The second day, people were starting to get concerned. That's when an investigator came over and talked with Quentin and his family. And at this point, Quentin and his friends Ben and Radar start discovering these little subtle clues that Margot decided to leave behind. And they led to this this like abandoned mall. Yeah. Where Quentin knew something was up. He knew there was she was probably there, but he wasn't exactly sure why he couldn't connect the clues because she left him a a like uh, excerpt from a no she left a poetry book that was highlighted like seemingly random bits of it and he was like these got to be important these wouldn't be highlighted for no reason but he can't seem to figure out like to put the dots together yeah he can't connect the dots just yet and so that happens him and his friends they're looking for her like crazy he he loses touch with his friends basically throughout the book because he's so obsessed with trying to find out what happened to her and I forgot to mention he's a senior in high school when this takes place my bad they're all seniors in high school when this takes place and he gets frustrated with his friends when they um, when they decide to focus more on prom than finding their friend he gets frustrated with that but that's not really his fault and he's he's growing up the mindset that he thinks that she'll be back before prom he has this like fairy tale in his head, thinking that, oh, she'll come back. I'll take her to prom, and everything will be fine. But that doesn't happen. And they actually don't get any conclusive evidence until after their graduation ceremony, where he finds an article with this program that Radar invented that you can type in like like any word or phrase and find out where it's been used. And they find they find an entry that's seeming a lot like Mar Margot's. About a place called Agor, Agor, you know what I mean? Yeah. In New York. Yeah. yeah. It's a fake. It's a paper town, which I forget their description of paper towns, but I think basically it's like a uh, copyright tool that maps use to make sure, because like if they copy the map, they're gonna know it's fake. They copied it because of the fake towns. Yeah. Yep. So they go on this. The town's only written on maps. Yeah. Paper towns. Got so it. They go on this long. Ben, Quentin, um, Radar, and Lacey all go on this long road trip. From Florida to um, New York to try to find Margot. It's like 21 hours, I'm pretty sure. And they finally get there. They get to this barn, or it used—it was either a, a barn or it used to be a store. And they find her there, and she looks like she's in shambles almost. Like, oh, really? Like, not like dying, but like she's got bags, and she just looks like she's had a rough, yeah, rough time. She's had a rough time. And she tells them that she never wanted to be found in the first place. I thought that was strange. Like, why go through the effort of leaving those clues? But, obviously, she says she just want, she didn't want Quentin to, to worry. 
And basically to finish this up, because I'm being told that I'm taking way too long, um, <laughs> wow, they, decide, they, decide, they decide, Quentin and Margot decide not to go with each other, because Margot asks him to go to New York with her, and he decided, he says he can't leave his family behind, can't leave his life behind. Yeah. And so, yeah, not really the happiest ending to a book. No, but they had a little, it was like content ending. They, like, they like were both happy. And they, they, had, they had a, little, they had a yeah. moment. They had a moment. But it's not like storybook ending. Yeah. <laughs> Pun. <laughs> but yeah. Right, now. Again, again though, before we get to Catcher in the Ride, not a fantasy book. It's not. No, it's, it's not. really not. It's From more of like heard, a realistic, realistic, realistic fiction. fiction. Realistic, all, I think all these books are realistic fiction. Except, are the ones we I read. wouldn't say Catcher in the Ride is realistic. No, that's not at all. It's, well, no. <laughs> it's not at all. It's not. It's straight fiction. All but, right. Jesse's Jesse's trying to rush us along, so we're gonna get on. No, not, we're gonna no, get with not. Justin. No, we're not. gonna get on with. All right, Justin. now with the big the big beef here. The big beef. The, the big rye. cheese. Catcher in the rye. I tried to sum it up um, pretty uh, fluently and also quickly because I know time is a restraint. But to get it started, our main focus is Holden Caulfield, and um, he's not specific. He's we know he's in some sort of hospital when he starts off, but. He's not specific about the location because all of this story really is just him uh, reminiscing on his past days. It's just a flashback, one big old flashback pretty much. And um, he also makes it clear that he's undergoing some sort of treatment in a mental hospital, obviously. He's crazy. Yeah. Well, if not crazy, he's like... He's, something's like something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Upstairs. Something's wrong up there. Like, what, what is it? What is it? Lights on, but nobody's home. <laughs> Precisely. Now, where he starts off in his um, story um, is at the end of his classes at the Pensy Prep School in now I don't know how the hell to pronounce this Agerstown. <laughs> I think it's Agerstown, Agerston. We'll go with Agerston, Pennsylvania. And once he's there, he's kind of he wants to leave the school. So when he's leaving the school, he looks at the football field and he's kind of reminiscing on older days as a kid, throwing footballs at his buddies till dark. And I kind of we'll touch into this further about the when we talk about the question, but that really kind of ties in how like like he's kind of looking back at what he what he had, thinking I'm thinking that he wished he still had it, but now I feel like when he's reminiscing all by himself, he kind of feels more lonely, and we'll touch into that. Yeah. But uh, he leaves and uh, he goes visits his history teacher Spencer. Now, when he's um, talking with Spencer, Spencer obviously cares for Holden and he tries to give him advice but Holden's being stubborn and doesn't take the advice and he's you know puts Holden, up a little Holden sorry to interrupt Holden seemed like a very impulsive character he was he acted like heavily on emotions of the moment oh he was he did and that's it's like he was unsettled about things it yeah was, it was strange like people definitely tried to help him but he wasn't taking it even though like that's what he really needed and lo and, and we figure out at the end that's what he really wanted yeah. he wanted the attention but he never really cared to accept the attention from those who wanted to give it yeah. to him. So, after he visits um, Spencer, uh, he leaves and then he encounters his roommate, Ward Stradletter. Stra- Stradletter, baby. Uh, Strad- I don't, that's how I say it. <laughs> Look, these, name, these names are something else. Uh, but with him, they just have a little encounter um, because Holden said he'd write an essay for Stradler because Stradler wanted to see his girlfriend. Ooh. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So Holden agrees. He writes the essay for him, and it was about his um, dead brother. I don't bring forward his name. Um, I, I can't remember his name right now. It starts with an A. I know that for a fact. But he died of leukemia, and that's what he wrote the essay about. And um, 
and Stradler pretty much said your essay was garbage, and they get in a little quarrel. So after that, he's like, screw it, I'm going to New York. So he books it to New York, and once he's there, he can't he can't go home, obviously, because his parents don't know he left, and he doesn't even, they don't know he's, he was expelled. So he rents a room at the Edmont Hotel, and while he's there in New York, um, it's around the Christmas time, and he's seeing a lot of uh, fun Christmas activities between couples. <laughs> I don't want to go too in detail on that because um, this is a family-friendly show. Man. Yeah. So he sees all that, and he gets upset, but he like he also gets a little uh, up and at him, you know. I'm gonna, I don't know how to. This is ooh, family friendly. Family, family friendly. friendly, yeah. He gets up and at him, but he's also a little like upset because he say, he feels lonely and what he wants he wants attention. Say he wants something like that. He saw. We'll just say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he goes to the lavender room, and that's where he tries to get a drink. Bartender wouldn't allow it. So. So what? Well, y'all are over here rushing me on time. Like, <laughs> we, easy. We, to, we have a strict schedule. Y'all, yes. t- I'm, look, I'm getting there. We got there. a minute left. Let's go. All right, he talk, went to talk, the talk. Lavender Town. He wanted a drink. Wouldn't get the drink. Smoked some cigarettes. Danced with these three ladies. Ooh. And he says he meets an actor. He, uh, But he really didn't. He was just trying to impress him. Let him hold. The ladies sort of like giggle him off. Leave. Let him pay the bill. Kind ladies. He's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> he goes up to his room. Gets himself a prostitute, but all he does is just have a chat with her because, you know, that's all he really wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he orders a, he, he gets a prostitute. A he gets a prostitute only to talk with her, and then, you know, because she's there, to, you know, for a business, she wants five extra dollars. He doesn't pay up, so the elevator man or whatever punches him in the gut. Yeah, that's a fun. As a chat. <laughs> so as we kind of go to the end of the book here, we're going to kind of skip ahead a little bit. He goes to his sister to school to leave a note saying, hey, I'm going to head out. Um, meet me at the museum so I can tell you something. And um, uh, when he's there, he sees on the wall some messages and, you know, profanity. Heck you. And he doesn't like that. He he's kind of feels a little upset inside for that. He goes to the museum. And once he's at the museum, he shows these two girls as like the mummy exhibit. But while he's at the museum, he also sees on the walls written, heck you. And, uh, yeah, after that, uh, he tells his sister he's dipping, and then his sister wants to go with him, and he goes, no. And then after that, he kind of cuts the story off there saying he went back um, – he he pretty much went back to uh, to Helm, and he's like, no, I'm done. And then now we're back at the mental hospital because he doesn't want to tell the story from there. Hmm. Oh, very And that's – it's like a really a broad cutoff story. All right, so no, that, was, that was interesting, so – we're we're running over time. I hope Miss Cordell kind of shows us some mercy because well, we, we, we need to we need to answer this question. How do these books make how, fantasy fantasy transform, transform into reality, or how do, how they, do, three, how do they transform how, fantasy? Yes, whatever. Yes. Now I can I, I think I can wrap this all up in like one good sentence. Yes. It's like all three books have to deal with them traveling or like going somewhere. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah, that's that's very true. And they all go somewhere to where they want to be, but once they're actually there, they're not. What's What's to it? I think I think the moral is probably that the journey is better than the destination. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of these stories, the the de- the final destination really is underwhelming compared to the journey yeah. itself that was taken. They're trying to reach for a fantasy that's inevitably unattainable. All right. Yeah. Any final words? I nope. I think I think I've answered. We've answered. Yes. I believe Justin, we've any answered. Any final the... words? Any final nope. words? Nope. Justin, any anything you want to say? Other than goodbye, no. All right, uh, Jesse, uh, go right. ahead. Say say goodbye real quick. Adios, Jesse out. <laughs> you just say that. Nice. Oh, you, All right. Oh, you got um, it covered. 
I've been Zach. This has been the first and only installment of the CP English, English 12, 12 podcast. Podcast, baby. Thank seventh you, period. Thank you for checking in. Thanks for and listening. Uh, sorry, sorry I went over time. See ya. Please don't give us a bad grade because of that. <laughs>